Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 18, When Bad Warlocks Turn Good. It originally aired on April 28, 1999, and had 5.10 million viewers. A pretty big drop from the previous episode. So we are at a church, and it's nighttime. There's this guy named Brendan, and he is talking to the priest, who's an older man, about his fears and saying how he feels like he's fooling God. The priest tells him that he knows his heart and that he's not a fraud. And Brendan says, you don't know my family, Father. Generations of evil, evil that's in my blood. And that's when the priest says, the blood of the sacrament washes it clean. Then we realize that someone else is there and says, hello, Brendan. And there are two guys there. And Brendan is like, how did you guys find me? And they say they'll wait outside so they can have a family reunion and they leave. Okay, so here's a little intro. We don't really have much background information yet. Yep, I don't know who any of these characters. All I know (laughs) is that that guy is the guy who plays Tony Dinozo on NCIS. (laughs) Oh my god, that's why he looks so familiar. I was like, where did I see you from? Like, I know you from somewhere. Oh my god. Wow, thank you. Because I used to watch NCIS when I was little, and I totally forgot. Anyways, um, so then we move to outside, and there's a quake van parked outside the church by a sign that says, Feed the Needy. And Prue is helping Phoebe and Piper load trays into a van. And Prue says, next time Quake does a food pantry, why don't you call some guys? And Piper says, I'll just go through my handy guy Rolodex. (laughs) And Phoebe says, which I believe now stops at J for Josh, or is it B for boyfriend? And Phoebe says that he calls her all the time, but she won't go out with him. And Piper starts saying how she's too busy and her instincts are telling her to lay low. And then this group of nuns starts walking by and Piper says, now they've got the right idea. Stress-free, no need to worry about guys, no wardrobe. Phoebe says, no wardrobe? No wardrobe? Okay, now you're scaring me. And they all laugh. And Piper finds a pen and they find out that it's Brendan's pen, whoever that is, and Phoebe says that it's the cute guy who signed for the food and Piper tells Phoebe to go bring it to him and she when she takes the pen Phoebe has a premonition of Brendan in the church getting attacked by warlocks and so they see that and they split up to go find him and save him. Yeah. In case you guys don't remember Josh is from uh I don't remember what the name of the episode was there's a woogie in the the house house? yeah he was the professor's like what's that called prodigy or something assistant (laughs) 
<laughs> no, what's that called? Were they like teaching them? You're gonna be my prodigy, right? Oh, like, um, like, no, because a whatever. prodigy just means that you're really good at something. It's like they're, um, oh. well, whatever. You know what I mean? Apprentice, 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 prodigy, <laughs> <laughs> apprentice. My bad. <laughs> and I guess he's been calling her and. For some reason, Piper doesn't want to be in a relationship right now or is fearful. So I guess we hadn't heard about that before. So we'll see where that's coming from maybe later in the episode if it comes up. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, up to the premonition, I think this scene is kind of playful, funny, very sisterly. Yeah. I agree. The joke about like needing guys to like carry the trays was funny to me. I liked that. <laughs> yeah. And also, I wonder about warlocks being in the church, because I would have thought that, like, they wouldn't have been able to walk inside, you know, like that superstition thing. And I wonder if that's something that they stick to <laughs> throughout yeah. the whole show. Because I also wondered, because if we remember, I want to say it was in episode two or three, Piper goes into the church and that's how she like finally convinces herself that she's good and not evil. Yeah. So we kind of had the impression that they did include that in the show that, you know, the whole evil beings going into the church would be an issue. So I guess we'll just see in the future, like how they continue that, if that's a consistent thing they do. So then we are back inside the church and Brendan is praying and the two guys approach him and we find out that they are his brothers and one of them says you're praying to the wrong deity I mean after all you can't deny who you are and one of them who we find out is named Greg he morphs into his warlock form which is just like his facial features all become like wrinkly wrinkly <laughs> and like he's supposed to be like I guess like quote-unquote deformed in some way and I guess that's how they depict evil, which is kind of offensive, but um, I won't spend too long talking about that. <laughs> it's just like, you know, if people have conditions or whatever, they're not evil. So I don't necessarily like that that's how the show depicts evil. Like when they make demons just kind of look like monsters, I get it. But when you make it look like someone who just has like some type of deformity, I don't love yeah. that concept. Yeah. I, but I anyway, agree. yeah. But anyway, from there, Greg says, we've come a long way to find you. We're not leaving until you join us. And then the other brother says that they don't want to hurt him. But then Greg just like hits him across the room. And that was what Phoebe saw in her vision. And Greg says, did you really think that the church could save you? And he's like strangling him. And that's when Prue walks in and she uses her power to throw Greg across the room. And then she's calling for Piper and Phoebe. The warlocks run out. And Prue asks Brendan if he's all right. And he's like, yeah, thanks. And he just like leaves too. And then Piper and Phoebe approach and ask what happened. And Prue's like, I don't know, but I'm going to go find out. And then she starts to leave. Yeah, so here we're starting to understand a little more who these three guys are. Get the idea that Brendan is a part of this warlock brotherhood and he's trying to get away from it and 
become a priest like or you know work with the father to protect himself from becoming that again and him reacting very calmly to the warlocks and to Prue's powers like he wasn't even surprised or something you could tell that Prue was pretty confused by that yeah definitely and you know we'll see that come back up soon but yeah I mean I think you covered everything I would have said about the scene too so I don't really have anything to add there yeah me neither still kind of intro I feel like a lot of this episode is pretty much just this episode's not as deep as the last one you know mostly just monster of the week yeah yeah I think we'll get into some deep stuff later I think I have some things to say about some scenes but I think the overall storyline I agree with you yeah okay so then we get into the theme and then we are in some apartment room (laughs) and the brothers are in there and Greg is talking about how they should have kept a better eye on Brendan while the other one is looking at a lizard and its reflexes and the tank and Greg goes to hurt the lizard and the other one stops him with his power and he says maybe we should just let Brendan go we don't really need him it's not like we don't already have our powers and Greg says without him we can't complete our triangle it's the whole prophecy of the rogue coven he must accept his heritage he must be initiated as a warlock and then they start talking about how they need to get him to kill an innocent before he gets ordained into the church because that would make him safe and then Greg says that they would have to kill him if he does that. So I like the dynamic they're setting up between the brothers. I think it's similar to the one we saw in Secrets and Guys between the two kidnappers is where one's very clearly evil and one's kind of more benevolent like he's a bad guy but he doesn't have the same like I want to kill people, I want to do bad things type of energy. Yeah, exactly. You kind of pick up on that right away, like right from the start, that the other brother is just not as intense as the other, or as Greg. Yeah. I'm also interested in this idea that like, um, I mean, obviously, since we watched the entire episode, we know what they're talking about. But the idea that like Brendan needs to be initiated as a warlock, like he isn't already one, but they're already one. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, like, initiated as one. What could he mean by that? Yeah. So then we are at the manor, and we're in that, like, sunroom the next morning, and the phone is ringing. Prue and Piper are sitting together at the table, and Phoebe goes and answers the phone. It's Josh calling, and Piper says that she'll call him back, and Phoebe's like, yeah, she's right here. Hold on a sec. And Piper (laughs) takes the phone and is obviously, like, annoyed at Phoebe. And she's like, oh, my horoscope said that? Really? Well, that's a shame because I have to work Friday night, Saturday night too. And Phoebe's talking to Prue and asks what the issue is if they like each other. And Prue's kind of like, it's none of our business. And this really reminds me of like earlier in the show, how like Piper and Phoebe were like inserting themselves in Prue's relationship with Andy and Prue was annoyed about it. So I'm glad that Prue's at least consistent. Like she doesn't want to get involved in Piper's relationship the same way she didn't want Piper involved in her relationship. True, but she wasn't the same way when it came to Clay. True, true. But I think that's because she saw like... She saw the red flags. Yeah. And I think here she also like Like, in both cases, I feel like she was being protective because she's like, well, Piper doesn't want to get involved in this guy, so, like, let's not push it. 
-hmm. And then she's like, well, you're getting involved with a guy who I think is a bad guy. So I'm going to do what I have to do to stop it. Yeah, fair. That's fair. So then Piper gets off of the phone and she comes and sits down and they change the subject to Brendan. And Prue says that she couldn't find him, but she's hoping the priest will be able to help her. And then Piper says, well, you better hope Brendan doesn't tell anybody about your powers or else we've got bigger problems than just warlocks. And Prue says that she doesn't think he will. She said he didn't seem surprised and that like she saw something in his eyes. And then she's like, oh, well, I have to get going, whatever. The phone rings again and Phoebe starts to get up and Piper's like, don't you dare answer that. Sit down. (laughs) A lot of this is just cute. I feel like they have a lot of cute sister moments in this episode that I really enjoy. Yeah, I definitely see like as the season has gone on, like they really developed these relationship between these sisters really well. Like I see so much more of their friendship and their comfortableness with each other. Not that they didn't have it in the beginning. I mean, Prue and Phoebe certainly didn't, but like we see even more of them like teasing each other and kind of like getting too in each other's business and stuff. Like they seem like a real family and it's really works for me. Yeah, the connection is definitely building between them. You can see like from the very start versus now it's already so much better and so much more united, you know? You can see yeah. how much of this stuff really did bring them together. Mm-hmm. So... Then we go to the church and Prue walks in and approaches the priest, Father Austin, and she tells him that she's Piper's sister and she asks him about Brendan and says that she saw two men trying to hurt him and she's concerned about him. And Father Austin says that he always said they'd come. It's just something I know Brendan's been wrestling with for his whole life. And she asks where she might be able to find him. And he asks her why. And she says that she thinks he's in trouble and she might be able to help. He's kind of like confused about it and asks how, but she's like, I can't really answer that father. I just need you to trust me. And then that's where that scene ends. Yeah, so I like this, like, when we see Prue talking to people that she has to convince of something, Like, there's this very, like, gentle energy that she gives off. I think we saw the same thing when she was talking to Allison in The Wedding from Hell, and she, like, had to, like, be like, I can't tell you exactly what I'm going to do, but, like, I can tell you I'm here to help. Like, there's this presence that she has in those scenes that's really effective, and, like, like, I would trust Prue if she came to me. Yeah, it would, it makes people, like, want to trust you. Yeah, like, there's just this ease in the way she speaks, and, like, like I would trust her, too. Like, I think it's really, really well portrayed there. Me, too. I think she does a really good job at that, and, I mean, it must have something to do with, like, she's purposely trying to give off that energy, and it's just kind of, like, a natural thing to her because she is a good witch, and this really is what she's meant to do. Like, I do believe that people can see good in people. Like, you can kind of tell people's intentions, based on their body language and the way that they act. Mm -hmm. So then after that, we are at Quake and Phoebe is sitting at the bar and Piper's working. And Phoebe's like, so the lunch rush is almost over. Then you're closed till dinner, right? And Piper's like, yeah, why? She's like, just curious. And then she changes the subject. She's like, have you heard from Prue? And Piper says she hasn't yet. 
Phoebe's staring at Piper and says that she's worried about her because she's ignoring a guy she likes and she's overworking herself and she like talked about becoming a nun and Piper says that everything is fine and that's when Josh appears behind them and asks for a glass of the Clara Jensen and says you know 93 if you've got it and he is so gross when he asks her out he's like want to get all hot and sweaty with me I'm literally throwing up and he's like I'm just gonna cut to the chase yeah (laughs) want to get all hot and sweaty with me I was like ew disgusting if someone ever said that to me I would never go out with them in a million years um (laughs) but then she he's like no like do you want to go to the gym like blah 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 and she says she'll be right back and Phoebe follows after her and Piper's like I'm gonna kill you and Phoebe says that you know like what's the big deal like you'll get a steam you'll relax you'll work out it's not anything crazy and she's like I'll even stay at the restaurant while you're gone and cover for you and you know at first Piper's like no I can't do that but then she agrees to get Phoebe to shut up and that's when Josh kind of mouths like thank you to her from across the restaurant and she mouths back you're welcome and that's the end of that scene yeah so, I mean, I kind of took it the comedic way that he was intending it, you know, when he kind of, at least he laughed after and he was like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I mean, like, go to the gym. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> but like when guys make joke. sexual jokes before you've even gone on a first date with them. Like, that's just so unattractive to me. Yeah, it's it's definitely... Like, it would be one thing if they were, like, already dating and he said something like that, right? Like, if they've been out a couple times, whatever, it would be funny. But, like, they haven't even gone out. Yeah, it's not. But I think also, I don't know, I kind of see it working with, like, their history. Like, the meanness, but the niceness, like, the tension that they had between each other in that episode. Like, I don't know. For me, it kind of, like, worked as a joke that, he would say to her and it would work because that was kind of the the vibes they were giving to each other the whole time was to just kind of be but then again we also saw that like he can just be a douchebag and it's like the confidence in it is like okay you're just being too cocky you know yeah bittersweet and I feel like there was something else but I totally forgot but yeah that's basically that's basically it I mean he we I don't know we've we've definitely seen worse from this show yeah definitely we've seen much worse guys than Josh yeah Uh, yeah, definitely not not the grossest guy we've seen in this show not by far but um also the audacity that Phoebe has to just like set this whole thing up behind Piper's back I know and also Josh like as soon as we had that phone call if I was him and like and the person on the other end was like uh nope nope I'm working no no too bad I'm working nope I'm gonna be there all day all night I would have been like okay like fuck this like obviously well, as displayed not by like those men who will just pop up in your dms and have conversations with themselves like men don't know how to take a hint <laughs> that's true it's a good point they really they really don't it's just so weird because I see it and I'm like 
because even when it happens in real life I'm like dude I would be able to pick up the signs that like this person is just not interested like right like after the third time someone tells me they don't want to hang out with me I'm gonna assume that this person never wants to hang out with me <laughs> I know. like we are not friends obviously yeah like you I like I ask you and you say no I might be like okay they're actually busy it happens a second time, I'm starting to get a little suspicious. It happens yeah. that third time, I'm like, they hate me, so I won't yeah. ask again. Be like, fuck that. What's the point? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how he didn't pick up on that. And Phoebe butting in, like, that's a bit, oh, like, I get butting into your siblings, you know, pressing them for information, but to go around and set something up completely is like, all right, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah. You ain't had to do all that. <laughs> all right. So then we go to this horse farm and we see Brendan helping this little girl get off of a horse and he's being really sweet to her and nice. And then she sees a spider on her pants and starts like <laughs> doing the fakest scream ever. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ah! get it off I was like okay (laughs) you weren't born to be a star sweetie Um, (laughs) and anyways so he takes it off her pants and she's like she's like no don't be scared all life is precious to God and tells her not to be afraid and tries to get and like gets her to hold it and then Prue is watching this and he looks over and sees Prue there and then he goes and tells the little girl to go free it so that he can go over to Prue and he goes over there and she tells him that Father Austin told her where he was and he tells her her secret is safe with him and she's like but why and tells him that most people aren't just attacked by warlocks and he doesn't want to talk about that. And so he gets on a horse and tries to like ride away. But Prue goes over to this other guy's horse and just kind of steals it away and is like, I'm borrowing this. And the guy's like, yo, okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> and just like gets up and leaves and starts following him. And then they ride out to the woods or like some meadow. And she catches up to him and then passes him. And they're very obviously like kind of joking around flirting and Brendan's like who are you anyway and Prue's like oh well that's not fair I asked you first and he says he doesn't know and there's kind of this tension between them and a little more flirting and she tells him that he's in danger and he says I know and she tells him that she can help but he doesn't think that she can and she asked who the warlocks were, and he's like, it doesn't matter. And after tomorrow, I'll be safe from them forever after I become a priest. And Prue's still very confused. Like, obviously, this guy has a history with this, but just won't say it. So she's intrigued. Yeah. I, like, kind of liked their dynamic here. Like, I was feeling it. Like, I was shipping them. I was like, ooh, like, cute. I guess kind of, but to me it was like a little too quick and a little too like, I don't know, I guess they do, a lot of the 
like one episode relationship type things they do push very quickly you know yeah like all these guys that they happen to do it it always just seems like love at first sight and it's like well that's just so dramatic you know it's not realistic which I don't it's cute but it's just I don't know yeah I mean Mia I don't think you've ever like fallen in love with someone in two days but I've been there so (laughs) yeah you've been there but how about 15 minutes like (laughs) yeah it takes a little longer than 15 minutes usually they just met you know and like even that episode with what was it dead man dating with Piper Mm -hmm. and uh I forget his name but my husband Mark Mark of course that was really that was brought on really quick and you know I'm sure it won't be the last time that it happens in this show but it is cute I also like it's just so unhinged that like he wants to get away from the conversation so he just gets on a fucking horse and leaves (laughs) (laughs) like dude I need to just have a horse with me that way someone starts talking to me about something I don't want to hear and I'm just like dip (laughs) (laughs) just hop on a horse and leave and that still didn't get away from her she had no problem going and stealing this other guy's horse now I want to know like Prue's history with horses like how does she know how to ride a horse I don't know how to ride a horse Right? We didn't even get an explanation to that. I would have fallen off. I would have just been like, forget it. I, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with all that. Yes, you can save yourself, sir. Yeah, seriously. Figure it out on your own. I'm over it. You got God on your side. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're at the gym, but it's actually like a rock climbing wall. And I think it's outdoors. and Piper is climbing and cursing Phoebe she's like oh Phoebe like you know and then Josh comes back down because he clearly already made it to the top to where Piper's at and ask how she's doing and she's like oh like I'm great whatever and he's like oh like do you want me to climb the rest of the way up with you and she's like no like I'll meet you at the bottom and then she like keeps going up as he like descends down on the rope and then she slips and he like catches her in his arms and Piper's like talk about falling for a guy and she gets out of her arms and freezes him and she's kind of like why did I say that <laughs> she pulls out her cell phone and calls Quake then we kind of cut back and forth on the phone call so Phoebe answers and we see that the sink in front of her is overflowing in the kitchen and she's like covered in water she asks Piper how it's going and Piper says it's going bad because they shared the look and Phoebe's kind of like what are you talking about And Piper's like, the look that precedes the kiss. You look at each other at the same time. You smile at each other at the same time. And Phoebe says, that's great. And she's like covering water that's coming out with like a pot. (laughs) And then Piper says she didn't want this to happen. And then she's like, wait, am I hearing water running? And Phoebe's like, no, um, but if I was the water shut up valve, like where would I be? (laughs) Piper sighs and turns back to Josh just as he's like unfreezing and he's like uh where did your phone come from she's like oh Phoebe just called and there's an emergency at the restaurant so she kisses him on the cheek like thanks him for the date and leaves and he's just like looking at her mad confused yeah it's (laughs) what did she expect to happen he was frozen for the entire phone call and then she's just gonna say Phoebe just called but he had no, like, he didn't know there was a gap in that time period, you know? Like, Phoebe didn't have a chance to call. 
Yeah, it was just like telepathy. And like, honestly, <laughs> after that happened, I would have been like, wow, she like made up a phone call. She definitely doesn't want to be on a date with me. <laughs> I know. I would have been like, I'm over this. Forget it. Piper's a catch, but I don't know if I'd be chasing that hard, you know? No, after just what this is like the first date it took you that long to go out with her like josh is not an unattractive dude like find somebody else yeah aside from that i didn't get too much from this scene yeah no i mean i thought you know the pv stuff was funny i thought yeah i just i'm not feeling piper and josh so maybe if i were i would have enjoyed this scene a little more between them and like the look and everything but like I'm still team Leo, so. Yeah, I can't. I'm just forever team Leo. Anytime another love interest comes into Piper's life, it's like, no, (laughs) I'm all set. (laughs) Thanks. But anyways, after this, we go back to the church and we see Father Austin just dead on the floor, basically dead. And there's a warlock standing over him and Prue runs in and makes eye contact with him. And the warlock shifts back into Brendan. So we see that he has a warlock form too. And he's like, Prue. And he starts running away. And Prue runs over to Father Austin's body to see if he's alive. And nuns come in. And she tells them to call 911 as she chases after Brendan. And then to catch up, she like uses her power to throw him to the ground. And he says that he found Father Austin like that and then became a warlock. And he said, when I saw what they did to him, I was crazed. The rage turned me into a warlock. He says he needs to call. He's like, you don't have to trust me, but please just let me call the paramedics. Don't let him die. And she's like, well, they've already been called. Do you actually expect me to believe that you're a good warlock? And he says, no, there's no such thing. And then they hear sirens coming. And he says that he can explain it all to her if she lets him. And he needs to help her stop his brothers, which are the other warlocks. Yeah. So now I'm we know interested. that Brendan, you know, Ken is a warlock. So I don't know what the whole initiation thing is about still. Yeah, maybe it's kind of like getting him to turn actually evil. Like maybe there's something he has to do to become like a full-time warlock. And this is kind of like their first step to getting him to like transition, I guess. Yeah, like evil forever kind of thing. Also, another thing in this scene that stands out to me is this idea that, like, there's no such thing as a good warlock. I'm really interested in learning more about Brendan's history, which I know we will in the next few scenes, and kind of how he's able to have this goodness if there's no such thing as a good warlock. Yeah, I'm interested to see that, too. Hadn't really put that together. So then we're outside the church, and we see the paramedics are taking Father Austin away, and he's on a stretcher. And Andy and Daryl are, of course, there. And Daryl has just interviewed a nun. Or I'm sorry, Andy had just interviewed a nun who said that Brendan Rowe was running away from the scene. He said that he lives in the rectory behind the church. And we could see, like, very clearly by, like, the way Andy's acting and the way his face looks that he's very upset. And Daryl kind of asks him what's wrong. And, you know, he tells Daryl that Father Austin is his priest. He's the one who gave him his first communion. And that's when the ambulance drives away and Daryl's like, well, do you want to like follow and go make sure he's okay? And Andy said, no, like, I want to catch the scum that did this to him. And that's how we end that scene. Ooh, Andy's getting fired up. So we know he's going to have some involvement. 
Can't wait to see how that goes. Yeah, and I think like, I don't know, is this personal connection gonna bring out Andy's angry side again? I know, usually it, it, it tends to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we'll see, hopefully not, because we've just forgiven him. I know, literally, I just moved past Andy, like, abusing his authority, and now he's mad again, so I don't know what's going to happen. Hoping for the best. Hoping for the best. Okay, then we go back to Quake, and Piper gives a check to the plumber and walks over to Phoebe and tells her that she should have called her, and Phoebe's like, but you had a good time, right? And she's like, unfortunately... Phoebe's like, do you confuse yourself when you do that? And Piper's like, well, it seems like every guy I've dated lately has been either a warlock, a ghost, or otherwise unavailable, like Leo. I was just trying to save myself some grief with Josh. I'm tired of falling for the wrong guy, human or supernatural. And Phoebe understands and says that she wouldn't have pushed so hard if she knew how she was feeling. And Piper's like, no, I'm grateful. Like, I'm not mad at you. So I really like this moment. I like this ability that Piper has to really like explain what she's feeling and how she's there because I feel like sometimes our reasoning makes so much sense in our own head. And when you don't actually tell people why you're doing something, like they don't it get make it. Sense to them, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, to get personal for a moment, like with um, like this relationship that I've kind of been like sort of on and offy with when we were like very much off like people would keep being like well why don't you date other people why don't you do this and like I didn't know how to explain that like I'm just not in the right place to do that but I was just like ew no and people were like well why ew and it's like until you actually explain to people like how you're feeling and how like because that was all coming from a place like I wasn't ready to put myself back out there I wasn't ready to like like I needed to go through my feelings before I could put myself out there again. And I feel like that's how Piper's feeling right now. Like she has this fear that's very valid and like she should be able to take the time to deal with that before she tries to like force herself into something new when she's not ready. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's got logical reasoning behind it and whether or not she does, if she's not ready for something like that, you know, no one should be pushing that on her but I mean at the same time I think Phoebe just took it as like more concerned for her like she thought that Piper this is what Piper really wanted and she just was not admitting it but really Piper just needs this time you know yeah and the thing is as soon as like Piper explains it to her Phoebe's like well like I get it now and like if I had known yeah. that I wouldn't have done it which I think is a moment of understanding because it kind of reminds me of this idea that like it's not communication that's important it's comprehension like I can say anything I want but if the person I'm telling it to doesn't understand where I'm coming from the words I'm saying are never going to matter yeah they're just useless yeah exactly I agree it was definitely definitely a cute scene and also you know it's good that she was ready to communicate her feelings too like maybe the reason she hadn't said anything was that she just didn't know how to express how she felt but yeah. it was nice that she was able to finally say it you know mm -hmm. yeah and that's the thing like once you can really express it like people are more likely to understand than when you're just like no 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 yeah um, exactly 
So then from there, we are outside the church and we see Prue and Brendan are walking together. And he's telling her that Greg and Paul are his half brothers. His mother was human, so he's not a full warlock like they are. And Prue is kind of like, oh, well, we have something in common, like my father's human. And, you know, he's like, yeah, but I come from evil. And he starts telling her about the history of the Roe Coven and says that his line is meant to result in three brothers destined to become the most powerful force for evil the world has ever known. He says he went into hiding to break the chain and make amends for everything that his family has done. He says that embracing God by becoming a priest is the only way he can lose his power and his warlock nature forever. She tells him that he can fight the evil inside of him and he can fight his brothers. And he says that he can't because his brothers are going to keep hurting people he cares about until he gives in. And then he says, they'll even hurt you, which I agree with you. This is moving too fast. Why does he care about her already? But yeah. Um, <laughs> then, you know, Prue's kind of like, I can take care of myself. It's you I'm worried about. And he says that he has to kill them before they can trick him into killing someone. And, you know, he says, you'll have to follow me to their place. And then you and your sisters are going to have to kill me. And she looks really sad about this, but she doesn't say anything back. Yeah. So see, it's kind of moments like this where it's like, all right, that's a little too intense to come across as a real love interest or relationship type thing, you know? Yeah, because I feel like the first scene was working for me because it was kind of like, oh, it's like this cute moment of connection. But now it's like, you've known each other for like one day and like you care so much about her that like she's someone your brothers would hurt to hurt you. Yeah, you know what? I, that's what I was thinking when I saw it too. I was like, give me a break. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. I mean, but, I guess but it is cute. Sake. It is cute. Yeah. And like, I like the connections they're making here. It's kind of like in those moments when we were talking about in Dead Man Dating, how like, Mark and Piper were finding those little things that connected them. I feel like we're seeing the same thing here. Like it's this idea of like, obviously the fact that they're both from these like long lines with this destiny to be part of this group of three, but also the fact that, you know, they have this human part of them. Like, you know, like the charmed ones are witches, but they're still people. Like he's from a warlock family, but he's still a person. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have a lot to relate on, which definitely, it plays a part in making people more interested in others or more intrigued by them is when you find someone that you can relate to like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it was generally another cute scene between them. Obviously, we can see the interest, their interest in each other, and we learn more about the Roe Coven and what their brother's plan is and how he can be a good warlock. Mm-hmm. So after this, we go back to that apartment building and the brother whose name is Paul tells Greg that everything is ready. And Greg says, he's coming. This is amazing. Just at his approach, my power quickens. It's as if I'm reaching out for him for completion. Do you feel it too? And then the door opens and Brendan walks in and Greg offers him his hand. And Brendan's like, I'm here to kill you, Greg. He's like, well, I'm glad. Anything less, I'd be disappointed. And he goes over and gets an athame and throws it to the wall next to Brendan, saying that he needs this. And Paul tells him to take it, so he does. And then him and Greg starts 
fighting each other and he cuts him and he's kind of egging him on trying to get him more angry and turn into a warlock and he throws him into the next room and we see this woman in there blindfolded and tied to the table with candles around her lit up and like a little symbol on her chest and they're telling him that he needs to kill her and then in the hall Piper and Phoebe come up and they didn't have time to go home and get the book of shadows Prue wants them to vanquish Brendan's brothers before he turns and go save him but they're kind of like not convinced by this and then back inside Brendan is holding the athame above the woman's chest and Greg says one clean thrust and you are both at peace then the door opens and Prue tells him no and unties the girl's hands and the brothers leave and hit Brendan then Prue runs to him and Piper tells us or tells the girl she's safe Prue tells her to leave the blindfold on so that they don't see her and they'll call for help and Phoebe says Prue he's a warlock and she's like I know and walks out with him so intense little fighting scene Brendan almost killed this bitch (laughs) yeah I know I was like this poor girl like so much is going on with her and it's just like whatever (laughs) gotta save Brendan literally like (laughs) bitch just got kidnapped and taken she's hearing about like feeling a knife on her chest and hearing about these people who all want to kill her like that's so scary and they have zero concern for her like Brendan is my new boo so we're gonna have to forgive and forget (laughs) (laughs) beautiful touching really but yeah no overall I think this is a good scene I think it's well put together I like the way the brothers are kind of like trying to get that anger out of him I think it's really effective and I like that he's like giving into it right because I feel like they're really good at playing him here I think that you know the fact that he didn't do it, I wonder, and it's going to come up later, like, had Prue gotten there a few minutes later, like, would he have killed the girl? Yeah. And I think yes. I think he totally would have. And like, not I that don't he think he's, to, but he was No, I just don't think he has the strength to overcome it on his own. I think Prue is the what gives him the strength, which is something yeah. I'll talk about more later. Right. So then we come back and we're still at the apartment building and some time has passed. It's now a crime scene. Daryl is there and he says, you know, to another guy who's like coming in with a camera from the CSU, he's kind of like the victim shaken up. He wants to keep the scene small and he's actually being very sweet here. And I'll say that like, I'm starting to really like Daryl. I've been saying it over the episodes because I remember we talked like earlier in the season about how like I wasn't sure how I felt about him yet. I think seeing him interact with witnesses and kind of like people he's interrogating, he's harsh, but seeing how like gentle he is with someone who is like a victim makes me like him more. Yeah, Um, me too. It shows that he does have that, like it it all comes from a good place is, you know, kind of. Exactly. And I get like when you're someone who's investigating like homicides and violent crimes like this, how you might like get angry and be more aggressive with like the people you think committed those crimes so like I get where some of his nature comes from though some of his like more sexist comments I'm still not a fan of yeah especially when it's personal like that's gonna affect you more you know having to deal with these things 
So then, you know, we see Andy is sitting with the victim at the couch and, you know, someone brings over water for her. Um, She starts telling him what happened and says that she was putting away groceries in her car when they got her. He asks if Brendan was one of the men and shows her a picture. She says no, but they called one of the other ones that. Um, She said that, you know, he was going to kill her. She's pretty sure that they drugged her because, like, she was there and then suddenly she was in the apartment. She said that one of the women who came made him stop. And she says, Prue, I think her name was Prue. And that's like when Andy just like nods and asks this female cop to like stay behind with the victim. And he goes over to Daryl and tells Daryl that the two others took her and brought her here for Brendan to kill her. And he starts to leave and Daryl asks where he's going. And he says, I'm going to get to the bottom of this once and for all. And he leaves. Uh Uh-oh, things are heating up with Andy again. Mm-hmm. Is he about to confront arrest them about her? magic? Or is he yeah, going to arrest Prue? <laughs> is he going to yell at her? What's, What's he happening now? I can't I can't wait to find out. And at least this girl is getting some attention from, like, Auntie. The poor girl didn't get any from the girls who, like, saved her and everything. Yeah, they were just like, LOL, leave her. Call the cops. Bye. Yeah, leave the blindfold on. She'll figure it out. <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess they untied her. She could unblindfold herself. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, I mean... She just has to, like, you know, pull herself up by her bootstraps and unblindfold herself. Exactly. No problem. She can handle it. She made it it this far. (laughs) All right, so now we move to the manor and Prue is with Brendan in her room bringing him blankets and she tells him that he can sleep there and she'll sleep with Piper and he says why and she's like because Phoebe kicks (laughs) (laughs) and he's like no I mean why are you doing this why are you being so kind to me after what I almost did she's like yeah but you didn't and that's what's important you didn't succumb to your brother's will he says he could feel the evil taking over, and if they hadn't come when they did, and Prue's like, you still would have stopped yourself. He's like, how can you be so sure of me when I'm not even sure of myself? She's like, because you're a good person, Brendan. I've seen it. Your good side is much stronger than your evil side. You just have to keep fighting it until your mm-hmm. ordination in the morning, and then you'll be home free. And she smiles at him, and they keep looking at each other, smiling, and <laughs> obviously very flirty moment. They're sharing and the look as Piper. They're sharing. Him. They're sharing the look, the look that precedes the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan says, "How many more temptations must I endure?" Like, okay, sir, relax. And they kiss, and she says she's gonna go and good night, and she leaves. So kissing a priest, okay. Yeah, I know, intense. And then back downstairs, the sisters are standing by the counter and Piper's like, he was about to drive a knife into that woman's heart and Phoebe's agreeing with her and Prue's kind of defending him like he didn't do it though. And Phoebe's like, yeah, that's because we stopped him. Prue says that Phoebe's premonition makes him the innocent that they need to protect. And Phoebe says, maybe we were directed to him so that we could save the real innocent, the woman. And Piper asks how Prue knows Brendan won't try to kill them because she brought him to the house. And she says, he's not just a warlock, he's a human too. 
Piper sighs. And Prue reminds her of when she was the Wendigo and Phoebe when she was possessed by the shadow. She's like, if anyone could relate to what Brendan is going through, I would think that it would be you two. And Piper asks, what if she's wrong? And he joins his brothers. And Phoebe says, then they become the evil charmed ones and it's too late to stop them. Prue says she knows and she can't explain it, but her instincts are telling her to help him and that she wants them to like, she's like, you know, you don't have to believe in him, but please believe in me. And they're like, okay, but they need to figure out a way to stop his brothers. And then the doorbell rings and Prue goes to get it. And what do you know? It's our boy, Andy. He's yelling and tells her he'll forget he can place her at the scene of a crime if she tells him where Brendan is. And Phoebe and Piper come over and they're like, uh, and Andy's like, what's the matter? You need a little more time to work on your story. And Phoebe kind of yells at him like, Andy. And he's like, I'm sorry, but all bets are off on this one. A priest, my priest, was viciously attacked at his own church. This is a guy who dedicated his entire life to doing only good. Then a young mother was kidnapped and almost sacrificed at an altar. Now I can place Brendan Rowe at both scenes of the crime and the female victim hearing your name at the last one. And believe it or not, I don't care why you were there. All I care about is who tried to kill Father Austin. And Prue's like, I wish I could help you. And then he turns to Piper and asks if she has any idea where he is. And Piper's like, we're not hiding any criminals here, Andy, if that's what you're asking. And he says, fine, Father Austin is in intensive care. If he dies, that's first degree murder. And if I found out you were somehow involved, I won't be able to look the other way this time, Prue. And then this intense music plays and he leaves. And Phoebe says, I've never seen him like that before. And Prue's like, well, can you blame him? And Piper says, I hope you're right about Brendan, Prue. Okay. It's a very long scene. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to the beginning. So if we go back to the little part in the bedroom, for the most part, I think that was cute. I like the way they're looking at each other. It does, because they're not making these grand love declarations. They're just kind of like having these like eye each other, moment. first kiss stuff. Like it works for me. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, I care about you. So they'll use you to get to me. That I was like, that's too much. But this one, I liked this. I was on board. I was like, this is cute. Me too. Then when we go downstairs, I liked this sister scene. You know, I like the way that Prue's kind of like, trust me, and that they do agree to, um, but they still need to come up with this plan. Like, I think they're being sisterly, but still being like what they need to be to get the job done. So it works yeah. for me as well. They definitely still have those concerns, but it, it's nice that they, they put that trust in Prue. And you can see like, again, with the sisterly connection that they have, like the trust that they have in each other, you know, they're willing to do that for her. And I think that's really sweet while still, you know, figuring out what they need to do to get his brothers. Yeah. And I think like, you know, each of the sisters kind of learning to trust their own instincts and each other's instincts is something we've been seeing happen throughout the season. And like, I think we'll continue to see happen throughout the course of the show. So I like that idea being like brought out here. Me too. And then, you know, the Andes of it all. Um, so what do you think of this? What do you think of his reaction? Honestly, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I don't it know felt fair weird. to me. It felt deserved. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't unreasonable. He wasn't abusing his power or doing anything. 
you could see that the anger, it wasn't directed at her. It was coming from a place of frustration and curiosity, confusion. Like he just is really trying to get to the bottom of this and not like, I feel like any other time, or at least that one time where he turned it against her, he was just so focused on figuring out what her secret was and why she was acting the way she is. Yeah, and like in that scene, he was already angry at her for something else and was taking it out on her because of that. Yeah. Here, he's not mad at her, right? He's just, he wants her help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of asked if in the scene where he kind of had that paper about black magic, like, does he think Prue is evil? I don't think he does. And I think this scene proves that he doesn't think she's evil. Yeah. I think he also is kind of trusting his own instincts when it comes to Prue. And even when he's saying, like, it would be first degree murder. And if you're involved, like, in any way, I can't protect you this time. As opposed to being like, I'll bust your ass, you know? He's like, there's nothing I can do this time if things go really bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's not trying to, like, he's not threatening her. He's not trying to hurt her. He's just trying to say, like, hey, I don't think that you're doing something evil, but I need to know what's going on, you know, with Brendan kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I also like the way that her sisters are defending her. I mean, we've seen Phoebe defend her from Andy kind of overstepping before, but I like the way that even Piper, because, like, I feel like this is exactly how I am as a sibling, like, I will tell you, I'll be like, you're fucking wrong. But like, if someone else tries to like step in, I'll be like, back up. Yeah. Like, Mia is doing no wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll exactly. tell you, but I won't let someone else like yell at you for something. Right, exactly. Me too. Which I think, so I think they do a lot of little sisterly things that just, I feel like we see it a lot in the show where it's like, it is realistic and it makes the show feel more real and the emotions and the connection between them all exactly because like it's a show about magic but at the heart of it it's a show about family yeah and that's why like I love watching it and watching it again yeah you can watch it over and over again because it's not just about something stupid like that like there's there's so much more to it that I enjoy and it's it's overall just one of the best (laughs) yeah definitely So then we have a really quick little scene after this that kind of cuts back and forth between the church where Greg and Paul are in Brendan's room in the rectory and Prue's room where Brendan is. So Greg and Paul are chanting something in Latin and then we see like Brendan is in the bed and he's shirtless because you know even though he's a priest he's got to be sexy (laughs) and he's like tossing and turning and he wakes up and he's like panting and he's all sweaty. He gets up out of the bed and he sees like a spider and a web and he like smashes it and it's like really like harsh. And then he like looks like almost right at the camera and is like kind of shocked at himself. But like there's this kind of like darkness to his look. So we know something's about to happen. So then we cut to the church and it's the next morning and Greg and Paul are arguing with each other. Paul's like, you know, saying how Brendan isn't going to come and the spell didn't work, and Greg says that they still have time. Then Paul's like, he can't be taken. His mother's blood is too strong in him. And Greg's like, well, then we have to kill him. And Paul's like, I won't let that happen. And, you know, Greg says we won't have a choice. And that's when, like, Greg attacks Paul, and then the door opens, and it's Brendan. 
Greg's like, the spell brought you here, but the rest you're going to have to do on your own, little brother. And he says, I understand. I feel only my power reaching out to yours and yours to complete our triangle. And Paul says, all it takes is the life of a mortal. And then Greg, because he's just got to be big bad guys, like, I'm afraid we're going to need more <laughs> proof that you have truly turned to complete the Roe Coven. You need to sacrifice a witch. And so he like hands him the athame and he's like, prove. And then like, you know, they're like all three of them like holding the knife together. It's very romantic. And like, for some reason, it just said, it just seemed like intimate to me again. And yeah. I was like, why are they always making moments between siblings intimate? <laughs> Honestly. I mean, it was, it was kind of cool, but also a little like, all right, relax guys. Yeah. It was like, like I don't know. Room. It's just like, it's like it's just like three guys like holding like a rod it's like come on it's a dick (laughs) I know it's weird because you think like you see things like this that they put so much in the show and you're like maybe the creators just must not have siblings but then they're able to depict the sisters so beautifully like (laughs) so I don't know but yeah, I mean, you know, we're this is mostly just developing Brendan yeah. kind of like losing touch with the good side and getting more and more overtaken by the dark. Yeah, exactly. And we see more of what we were saying in the beginning, how you can tell that Paul is the one who's not as driven as Greg is. And even here, he's like refusing to kill Brendan and refusing to like hurt him. And he was like, before, like, let's just let him go, you know, <laughs> like, dude, let him do his own thing yeah yeah after this we go back to the manor and prue and piper are in prue's room the bed is empty and piper asks her where he went obviously suspicious and prue's like he probably just went to go get ready and she said she's gonna go find him and then phoebe walks in to tell them that the books what the book says about the row coven and she says ever since the 10th century each generation has grown stronger Nobody can find a spell or a weapon that can stop them. And Prue says, let's just hope that the power of three can beat them. And Phoebe says, unless it's already three against three. So Piper and uh, Phoebe are very, very concerned at this point, have zero faith. And Prue is still clinging on to Brendan because they just have this unspoken eternal love, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I I think it's interesting kind of this more backstory we're getting here. Um, The exposition is working for me in this episode, similarly to how it was in the last. So I'm good with that scene. Yeah. The trust that she has in Brendan is insane. I know. This. Like, I consider myself someone who, like, trusts people, like, very quickly. But even this is a lot for me. I know, right? I'd be like, I, I don't know, guys. Like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I might have fucked up here. <laughs> <laughs> so then from there, we are at the church, and the sisters are walking down the hall. Phoebe and Piper ask if Prue wants them to go in with her, and she says she needs a minute alone with him. So she enters this, like, office, and Brendan is standing behind the door and closes it. And we see that that Athame is like stuck into the door and he says, hello, Prue, in like a weird way. And she's like, hi, is everything all right? (laughs) And then he like pulls the knife out and is like, yeah, sure. 
you worried about me? And, you know, he walks towards her and he's like holding the knife and she's like a little, especially since you left this morning without a word. And there's just like this chit chat back and forth with him. And then she realizes that his brothers got to him. He says that he's going to kill her and she throws him across the room with her power and he like breaks the closet as he gets thrown into it. That's when Phoebe and Piper come running in and she says it's okay. And he shifts into like his warlock form. She's like, this is it. You kill me or I kill you. Everything that you've worked for, all the good that you've done still can do all for nothing, all lost. I don't believe it. I don't believe that this is the real you. And he lifts up the knife and she says, you're good. You can't kill me. It's not who you are. It's not why Father Austin believes in you. And like at that word, he like drops his hand and like he roars and like shifts back to himself and the knife falls to the ground. And he asks if he hurt her and she says no. And he says, forgive me. And in the background, Phoebe like kind of turns to Piper and is like, I wasn't worried. Were you worried? <laughs> Piper's like, uh-uh. <laughs> And they all walk out to the main part of the church together after that. And they're like kind of, you know, sneakily walking out. And Piper says that it's clear. Brendan is now dressed in his like priest attire. And then we see that his brothers are actually hiding right behind the wall. And Greg comes out and he's like, you betrayed us, little brother. I'm very disappointed. And Piper tries to freeze them. Phoebe throws a knife. uh, Prue tries to move them but they like have this power that blocks the sister's powers. And then Greg picks up the knife from the ground and Paul steps in front of him and asks him to give Brendan a chance. He's like, it's not too late, Brendan, you can still join us. And then Greg says, you're either with us or against us. And Brendan says that then I'm against you. And that's when Greg throws the knife at Brendan, but holy shit, Paul jumps in front of him. and gets stabbed and then he rips the knight out of his chest and throws it into greg's chest and then red smoke like comes out of their mouths and they both die and then they like kind of fade out in this like shitty special effect and then (laughs) prue walks over to brendan is like i'm sorry and he says i'm not and then the clock starts chiming And, you know, he says, after all these years, after everything I've given up to get here, a sacrifice never seemed greater than it does right now. And they kiss again. And she says, tell me about it. And then he leaves. We cut to the ordination where the sisters are sitting like in the pew together. And he's getting, you know, his little ceremony done. Prue's crying. And then Phoebe takes her hand and says, you know, if you're ever going to lose a guy, it might as well be to the big guy. And like Prue kind of laughs, but she's still crying. So that was an intense, unexpected ending. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess before I get into my thoughts on the interactions with the brothers, I'll just talk about that scene in the little like bedroom area, the office room thing. Mm -hmm. So I really like how it's kind of like her words and like how she stays so calm through this. Like Prue has this ability to like maintain her composure that like I could not imagine ever having in a moment like that. And I feel like it takes such strength of character because there are people who are like that who can deal with these really intense situations and just stay calm and like 
do that to keep the other person calm and it's just so like amazing inspiring honestly like I wish like I feel like I would be so freaking out and just making things worse but she's just able to like keep herself together and be like no like I've got this I can help him yeah I like the because the confidence she has in herself the way she she trusts herself enough to know that like she can do it is like it's honestly a really like inspiring thing and it's like you were just such a strong individual you know like Mm -hmm. it's so nice to see yeah and then um if we get into the section with the brothers the fact that Paul like because I feel like we got hints that he cares about Brendan like how deep it goes that he's like no you're not going to kill our brother and sacrifices himself I think shows that you know Brendan said that there's no such thing as a good warlock I want to raise the question is Paul a good warlock like is it possible that he could be I think so I think if he had followed in Brendan's footsteps I feel like the only thing that tied him more to Greg was that he didn't have that human half yeah so I wonder, like, could he have been saved too? Maybe he wanted to, but felt like he couldn't. Maybe he really did understand where Brendan was coming from. I mean, in the end, he cared enough to sacrifice his life for his brothers. And mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even see that with the brother and sister, the one that... Oh, and um, which Prue is it anyway? Yeah, which Prue is it anyway? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. don't see that with the warlocks usually. Yeah, and it brings me to that idea, you know, because I think we've raised it before, like, can evil beings love? Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know if the show will keep this consistent. Maybe it will give us back that idea that they can't. But I think that Paul proves that he loves Brendan here. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I feel that they can and they've shown that it is possible. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see more of stuff like that in the future yeah I guess just you know talking about the little you know if you're ever gonna lose a guy it might as well be to the big guy like that was cute yeah that was that was a really nice line I, I thought that was really cute okay well then we move on to the last scene of the episode and the sisters are at quake per usual <laughs> and Prue is at the bar and orders her usual drink And then Andy arrives and sits with her and she's like, are you still mad at me? And he's like, listen, Prue, I'm sorry about how I acted earlier. An apology from Andy? And he wasn't even out of line this time. Insane. And she says, Andy, please, you don't have to apologize. I know how close you, you are to Father Austin. I've known you a long time, remember? And he says, yeah, I remember. And they both smile at each other. And he tells her Father Austin will be okay. And he said it was Brendan Rose brothers who attacked him and not Brendan. And then he says, I have a feeling you're not, oh, she says, I have a feeling you're not going to be able to find them anywhere. And he says, now I wonder how you might know that. Then he says he has to get back to work and they look at each other, they give a little look and he leaves and she takes her drink to a table with Phoebe and Piper. Prue says, (laughs) I wonder how we knew I would be here. And Phoebe's like, are you kidding? We always, we're always at Quake after we vanquish warlocks, either here or at home. Piper sees Josh at the door 
and Phoebe's like, oh my god, that guy cannot take a hint. Piper, this is my fault. I'm the one that pushed you on him, so I'll handle this, okay? Piper's like, it's okay, Phoebe. I called him. I've decided it's time to try and work through my fears and trust my instincts. And he walks over, and she gets up, and then they get their own table and sit down. Phoebe says, maybe it I didn't do such a bad thing after all. And Prue says, I'd say helping her to get over always falling for the wrong guy is a pretty good thing. Now maybe you can help me with it. And then she makes a joke about losing the good ones to priesthood. And Prue says, at least he's not a warlock and Piper's not a nun. And then they clink their glasses. Cute little ending scene for them. Yeah. So I will say I am back aboard the ship that is known as Prue and Andy after that scene. Oh, 100%. And Prue, like, she got two guys in this episode, like, giving her the look. Are you kidding me? Literally. I was like, ooh, okay, Prue, get it. She's on it. She is playing the field. (laughs) Yes, ma'am, and I am not hating. Yeah, I'm for it. (laughs) Piper working or starting to see Josh again, though, I wonder, like, if that's gonna last, you know? I give it one episode. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't see them as a long-lasting, like, relationship. I feel like he would have, we would have developed his character a little more if they were going to keep him around for a long time. Yeah. And you know, how they do it. mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the, like, little final scene with Prue and Phoebe is very cute. So I liked that. Yeah. Overall, it was a good episode. Yeah, no, overall, I really liked this moments. I wasn't thinking of this one as like one I was super excited to watch or talk about, but I actually really enjoyed like the discussion. I enjoyed watching this episode. Like, it's a good one. Me too. It was, I mean, like we've said before, I mean, it's so weird the episodes that I've seen that I never really think twice about. And then we analyze them and I'm like, wow, I've never really looked at this episode like that before. Yeah. Like overall, it is really a cute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it does so. hit some of those like character moments that I think will take us into what's coming up in the last few episodes of the season. Yeah. Ooh, we're getting can, there almost I know. season one. It's crazy. We have four episodes left to talk about for season one now. Wow, that is crazy going by quick I feel like I know all right well do you have anything else to add any final thoughts Um, just that I'm really excited for next week's episode thanks for listening to this week's episode if you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod you can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com And join us back next time for season one, episode 19, Out of Sight.